Welcome to The Trail Less Traveled, an adventure series dedicated to taking you back to mankind's earliest form of entertainment, storytelling. Missoula, Montana is a mecca for outdoor enthusiasts, and each week we will bring you tales of outdoor adventures both near and far, as well as adventure information and inspiration and a few tunes to set the mood. You can read more about the show online at traillesstravel.net. And now here's your host, Grand Canyon Whitewater Guide, yoga instructor, and master of the didgeridoo, Mandela. I've been looking forward to this interview for over a decade. I'm sitting here with my cousin, Fleur van Eden, and we're sitting here at our favorite spot in the whole world, which is San Sebastian, which is a nature reserve at the most southern point of Africa. And we're both sitting underneath the afdak, which is basically a hut with open walls. There's a table under here, and this is usually where we come and eat food. And when you look behind Fleur, it's the Davin Hooks River and a lagoon and the reserve. And then to the right is the Indian Ocean with a bunch of sand dunes. And I'll have Fleur describe it for you later. But once again, just so honored to be sitting here with my cousin because it's been too long since I've seen her. And also, she's phenomenal. Fleur van Yeren is by far one of the world's top stunt performers. Uh, you might call it in the United States a stunt person. Uh, sometimes they're nicknamed stunties. She has worked with Alicia Vikander in the most recent Tomb Raider, as well as Meryl Streep, Drew Barrymore, Charlize Theron, and Helen Murren. Fleur did stunts on the sets of Mad Max, the newest Tomb Raider, Dread, Black Sails, and Homeland, where she won an award, a stunt Grammy award. Fleur does a little bit of everything. So she does fighting, high falling, burns, cable work, horses. She's even jumped off of trains before. And I'm so excited to just hand it over to her now and talk to her about the life of a stunt performer. Fleur, before we get into the stunt work, I want to talk to you about your childhood. My first question is for you is where did you grow up and how was adventure a part of your childhood? Yes, like Mandy was just saying now, we're at our favorite place, San Sebastian Bay, which is quite close to Swellendam, and Swellendam is where I grew up. It's in the Western Cape of South Africa, two and a half hours from Cape Town. Yeah, it's a very small little town, so obviously going to school there, we didn't have the gymnastics, we didn't have the sports that the big cities had, but I was always a very active child, and my mom, I grew up as a only child with a single mother. She was amazing, and she let me do whatever I wanted to do, meaning like in a physical way, you know, she trusted me. Mm. So at a birthday party, if there were kids, I would be the one in a high treetop and the parents would always go, Kathy, your child, you know. Yeah. And then she would say, no, no, don't worry, Fleur's got it. I trust her and everything. So like that's, I guess, where it started. You know, I was always a physical person. I wanted to do all the sports out there that we had available. And then I actually, <laughs> I competed with the sport tug of war and I got my South African colors and I actually went to America for that. We did world championships there in Rochester. And so yeah, like always just a physical person. So after school, I wanted to get something behind my name. So I went and studied public relations. And at the same time, I was a river guide in our local rivers. Really, really loved that. And then I actually met a guy that hosts adventure racing and then I helped him with an event and he said to me oh I must contact his brother Franz Spillaus because he's just come back from the UK and he's opening up his own stunt company and I'm like what a stunt company this is just like it just came my way like I didn't go look for it 
it was my path. So I was on a river trip at the time and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I went home, told my mom about it. And she's like, come, what are you waiting for? You know, go to Cape Town, see the people. And I did. I went and saw them. They seemed like our type of people, but I didn't hear anything for like two, three months. And then suddenly they just gave me this phone call and they asked me to double this actress just sitting in a rubber duck in the middle of the ocean. So it wasn't crazy. And then the week later, I was in an airplane accident crash on the Triangle movie set. And it just it just grew. And I was I actually had my first stunt on my 21st birthday. And nobody even knew it was my birthday. I was supposed to have my 21st birthday, yeah, at San Sebastian Bay. And I actually had to phone Amy Mocker and them and say, listen, I can't make it because I'm going to do my first stunt. And that's just where my career took off. And I've never looked back. And then I started working with all the companies and being in South Africa, we don't have what other people maybe have, but we are willing and we learn on the way. And that's how I got to learn different things. And yes, I wasn't a gymnastics person, but I could do a somersault my way. Mm. (laughs) And they taught me stuff, how we should be doing it on set and everything. So yeah, that's how it happened. I mean, obviously going into the industry, coming from a small town, people would say, oh, wow, look at Fleur, she's made it and that. But it just shows you that even living in a small town, even going to a very small school, no sport that really had the abilities to push you into a direction that you never even knew that you could be going. I didn't even know about stunts. And that's what's so nice, like being a young person, being able to grab something that you really are passionate about in South Africa and following it, you know, and following the dreams. And, and, I, and, I, and I thank the, the guiding times, the kayaking times, those type of people, you know, that open doors. And then when I did my first, say, two stunts, it was brilliant. It was like mind blowing. But when I went onto a permanent movie for the first time, like about four months of being permanent on a movie, the beautiful thing about being a stunt double is actually being there for the actress because it's all about her. Nobody is talking about Fleur they're talking about the actress so if it was Helen Mirren it's about her and what's so beautiful you are so physically enabled to do what your mindset puts itself onto like you that's why you're there but they are not there for that they are there for the acting side and the most beautiful thing that I will never forget is an actress Jessica Gilsach my first main doubling job it was on a movie called The Flood and she was very scared of heights and she had to jump off this massive waterfall obviously being in cables and it was very slow controlled everything and they had to do a whole face replacement and they made a mask and everything that I was going to do the jump so the morning I went to her and I said listen Jessica you know that you can do this mm-hmm. you know like really like we can start you low from the ground and build you up and when she did the stunt, she started crying. And she's like, I actually just went above my biggest fear in my life. And I stood there going, this is something that we don't even think about. This is something that we don't even worry about. And there's this girl that you actually made do something that like, I mean, I would have loved to have done that actual scene. Yeah. But it was more beautiful to see her do something that for the rest of her life she'll carry that you know and like she jumped she jumped like five stories on a cable yeah. you know so yeah like just thinking about the beginning of my career that's what I carried with me mm-hmm. because it wasn't just about you or the stunt that you are doing it's what you're doing for the actress mm-hmm. you know because you are there for them at the end of the day mm-hmm. yeah 
You're listening to The Trail Less Traveled, and we're recording the show on location in South Africa right now. We are at the most southern point in the Feinbos on the nature reserve where I spent half my childhood. And I'm here with my cousin, Fleur van Eden, and she is a world-renowned stunt performer. She most recently worked on the set of Mad Max and Tomb Raider, as well as Dread, Black Sails, and Homeland, where she won a stunt Grammy Award for her work. Fleur, I'd like to talk to you a little bit now about some of the homework that you do as a stunt person just to stay fit yourself so you don't get as many injuries and then some of the training you've done for cable work and that trip you did to Thailand to go and study Muay Thai. Yes, being a stunt performer, stunt double, you need to stay fit. And everybody's got their thing, you know, like everybody enjoys doing something. So always when we are off, like on off season and you're not on a job, you'll always tend to do what you love. And my personal say... You know, like to stay fit, to have a base. I love mountain biking and we live in the most beautiful place, Swillendam, where you can. You've got endless grounds of mountain biking, places to go to. And then I like running and I'm not the biggest gym fan, but I have done that in the past, obviously, in my career. And then when you are prepping for a movie, like say they give you the call and you are the stunt double, you have anything between even like a month or two months of prep, you know, before the movie even starts, whether that is to lose weight or build muscle or the actress arrives and you see, oh, okay, you must do this type of thing to get there. So it's a lot of physicalness if that happens. Like I would mention to Mareda, the actress naturally weighed 48 kilograms and I weighed like 55, 56 six at the time but they wanted her to put muscle on and we would have to tone down Mm -hmm. you know so we went on a very strict diet a lot of training and then when I started my career you kind of like get pushed into a direction and you they show you the moves and you do it you like mimic it you know Mm -hmm. but you don't totally know exactly what the basis of it or what you're really doing or why you're doing that move even so actually like four or five years only after my career Another stunt friend of mine and I, we were in Joburg on a movie called Kite with Samuel L. Jackson as well. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. And after the movie, we said, look, I really want to do a martial art, you know, but I'd also want to travel. So we both agreed to go to Thailand and we did Muay Thai as a martial art. Started from scratch. And my biggest thing was when I went there, I made Katya not tell anybody that we are stunt performers, you know, like we are there as just, you know, normal people trying to learn stuff. So that, that was quite nice you know Mm -hmm. to be pushed into a class of I mean you could be sitting next to some king and nobody knows who you are so yeah we did two months of hard hard training like two hours in the morning two hours in the evening and I learned Muay Thai and by the end of the two months I actually did a fight that was insane (laughs) I don't think I'll ever do that again but it was amazing amazing experience you know so came back to South Africa and just really understood the martial arts side of things a bit more even if it was one direction like a Muay Thai but you understand footwork you understand sides and everything so yeah the training is is actually unbelievable because you could be training fighting the whole time for absolutely years but then suddenly they call you on a movie to shoot bow and arrow you know you've never even thought that that's what you would like to do or it's the same like horse riding you know you can be a horse rider but to ride on set is so different you know so a lot of training goes behind it and that's why you have such prep and everything is so well worked out that you have enough time to rehearse things and also make it look good you know because there's a lot of people out there that want 
watch a movie and say, oh, that was so fake, you know, so you don't ever want that. And if it is weaponry or like I'm not a weapons person at all. And we did a big military proper boot camp for also like a month or three weeks. And that was lovely. You know, you really learned the ins and outs of handling a weapon and clearing a room so yeah it's the, the training behind it is i think would, I, I would say it was the best time of my career because mm-hmm. i've learned so much you know and um same with high falling there's so many ways to high fall and when you know that you're going to do a high fall on the job your biggest fear is that you are good at a certain fall like coming down forward and maybe doing a lazy somersault just before the end and knowing that you'll land on your back but what if the director says oh no you must fall backwards from six stories like it's not as easy as what one thinks I gotta just change it just fall backwards but once body if you fall backwards your legs will come up you know and so it's always tweaking and always learning and always actually going baby steps and then building up so yeah the training behind stunts is amazing and to keep fit off season like when I say off season obviously not on an actual job mm-hmm. you know to not rock up on a job being unfit and too much overweight and yeah That's the voice of Fleur van Eden. It's my cousin. We're here in South Africa at our favorite spot in the bush where we both spent a lot of our childhood. And I'm speaking to Fleur about her life as a stunt performer. Now, Fleur has been on the sets of movies like Mad Max, Tomb Raider. She's done stunt doubles for Charlize Theron, Helen Murren, Meryl Streep. And even in Cape Town, you know, working full-time, Fleur has always made an effort to every weekend go back to Swellendam in the wine country. It's a beautiful town where you grew up, where our family, the Van Eeren family, has had a farm outside of town. There's even a street called Van Eerenstraat there, and we're just joking, we're related to like every other person in town. But if you could talk a little bit about Swellendam and how going back there and spending time in nature has helped kind of keep you balanced when you're working on film sets. Yes, Swellendam, obviously I grew up there. I was practically born there. I mean, my mom quickly went to Cape Town to have me and we came back home. But um, Swellendam is a very, very, very important part of my life, will always be. And I don't blame people if they want to go out of a little town, but some of us just need to stay there, you know. And in the industry, in the stunt industry, we obviously mainly I work in Cape Town, but it's all over. It's all over the world, Joburg absolutely anywhere that you can think of Mm -hmm. but if I am close by and if I am in Cape Town and I have a weekend off I seriously climb in the car Friday night after work and I leave super early Monday morning to get back there to be back at work Mm -hmm. and doing that made my career nicer I would say because I had the best of both worlds I had this fairy tale life which the film industry is definitely it's insane every movie is a creator of being something that they create you know mm-hmm. and coming back home just made it's like earthing you know everybody always said why are you going every weekend back home the people that I work with in Cape Town and they said but what do you do there and I said well everything I love in life is there you know the mountains my mom my grand passed away a few years ago she was always there as well and she She was my rock and my role model and no problem was ever too big to discuss with her. And I think just everything made sense going back home. And I don't think, I don't know, if if I didn't have Swellendam, I don't even know where my life would have gone or if I would have enjoyed the stunts even that much or I would have had to leave the country maybe. But it made me fight for 
being in South Africa and being almost like a big fish in a small place. Mm-hmm. And everybody always said, but why didn't you go overseas? But the reason why I didn't is because I couldn't go home. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't go home. I, I would maybe come home once a year. And yeah, so that means the world to me. Mm-hmm. And still today, like I've made a lot of choices to be able to be there. And I'm very happy with the choices that I've made. So, yeah, Suriname's a very, very, very important place in my life. In a few words, for someone listening who doesn't know about Swellendam, can you describe that part of South Africa to them? So, Swellendam, it's unique. It's odd. It's like on the way on the way to Neisner, and it's it's right in the middle of being in Cape Town and George, and it's two and a half hours from Cape Town, two and a half hours from George, and a lot of people they go from Cape Town and they go up the Garden Route, and they go to Neisner. And the people that go through Swellendam, as tourists, they always go, but why didn't people tell us about this place? We wouldn't even go higher. And it is. It's just beautiful. It's like on the foot of the mountain, Langeberg Mountain. A beautiful river runs through it. It's very close to the ocean. It's close to the Karoo. On the other side of the mountain is the Klein Karoo. You have the green lushness, and then the other side is the more dry area. The ocean is close by. The people, I mean, everybody knows everybody's business. <laughs> so some people don't like that, and others do, you know. I mean, it was my birthday, I think, a year ago, and I'm not joking. I went to fill up my bucky, and the petrol attendant wished me happy birthday you know and that's what you get in a small town that's what you get in Swellendam Mm -hmm. you know that is the voice of Fleur van Eerden she is an award winning and world renowned stunt performer she has worked on the set of Mad Max Tomb Raider Dread Black Sails and Homeland among many others when we come back we're going to talk to her a little bit more about fighting high falling burns cable work and horse stunts but now Fleur it's time for a song could you share a song with us that reminds you of your early childhood so this is probably going to sound a bit odd, but I didn't really grow up with music. It was my mom and I. So I don't know. I just don't ever remember being in a house with a lot of music. And then there was a little tape, like a cassette. What do you call it? Like a Walkman, you know? Mm-hmm. And I found it in my mom's room or whatever. And I listened to it. And the first tape I ever listened to was Tracy Chapman. And till today, she's my favorite artist. I mean, I actually bought a portrait the other day from a local guy in Swellendam that painted Tracy Chapman and he's got beautiful stuff and I just saw it and I'm like I have to have that Mm -hmm. and I would say the only only artist musician comes up in mind is Tracy Chapman and then obviously I love the song Revolution you know that's just I don't know there's no reason behind it it's just that I really love her and I love that song and yeah so it must be Tracy Chapman You're listening to The Trail Less Traveled, and we're recording on location right now in Southern Africa. And I'm sitting here with my cousin, Fleur van Eden. I'm going to hand it over to Fleur and say, Fleur, could you tell the listener what you're looking at when you turn around and look around at this nature reserve? Oh, my word. We are in, obviously, Mandy was just saying, now we're at San Sebastian Bay. If I look around right now, it is the most beautiful river, Davenox River, and at the other side of it is Pinky, which is similar little houses to what San Sebastian has. It's little thatch A-frame houses. And as a kid, I always used to call it the Krimfarkis, which is little hedgehogs. And that's exactly what they look like. They look like little hedgehogs. There's no electricity. When you come here with your family or friends, it's up close and personal. 
You know, nobody's in their room lying somewhere out with a cell phone. Mm -hmm. You know, we eat together, we chat together, we go swim together. And it's simplicity, Mm -hmm. simple. So that's exactly where we are right now. So, yeah, we are covered in fanbos. I mean, there's fanbos everywhere, beautiful dunes just behind the first little hill of Fainbos, yeah. The river is right in front of us and the ocean. Yeah, the vegetation, the bird life is just unbelievable. The aloes, I see aloe. Fleur, when you say Fainbos, what do you mean by that? So Fainbos is obviously a type of plant, but I'm not going to go into details there because I don't really know. But um, when you do come into our area, that's what's so nice about it because Swellendam itself doesn't really have so much fainbos. It's like more protea type of fainbos. And then when you come closer to the ocean, it's a different fainbos and they don't go very high. It's probably about what head height at the highest. Mandy's a bit taller than I am, so she can actually look over the bushes. So it's a whole different vegetation and that's what's nice. From Swellendam, you you go into different vegetations. Fleur says I can look over the Feinbos now, but when I was a kid, I couldn't. I spent my childhood here a lot, and I remember being very little, and my parents hung a flag up so that I could find my way home. But just behind Fleur, where I'm looking, is actually the thatch that our home is made out of, growing out of the land. So it's just beautiful that these A-frame thatch huts that do look like little hedgehogs, they're made from material that is actually growing right next to it. I love it. Fleur, let's talk more about your stunt work. Rather than me repeating myself, can you just tell a little bit about your background as a stunt performer? What films you've worked on, who you've worked with, and what you specialize in? The people that I've worked with, I'll actually just mention who had the most effect on me. And by naming the names as I go, Helen Mirren was just unbelievable. She was the most beautiful person and just a lady, you know. I remember coming onto set, or they actually phoned me. It wasn't a planned job. Um, they phoned me, I think, three days before I went onto set, and they said, Helen Mirren needs a stunt double because there's a Jeep that needs to be driven. I couldn't believe it, you know. She's so amazing, and I've always watched all her stuff. And so anyway, so I rock up on set, and I obviously know all the crew, you know, the camera people and that, and they've been filming for like over a month. Mm-hmm. And the steady cam operator, told me that what an amazing lady she is because a steady cam operator is the guy that carries the camera on his own body you know so your back hurts and everything and it's a long day that she booked him like five massages in a row just as a gift Wonderful. you know she has no reason to need to do that you know so anyway so I met her and she came to introduce herself to me as Helen Mirren and she's just amazing and then obviously Drew Barrymore, she is, oh man, when I met her, she's like one of us. You know, you can actually just imagine she would love to be at San Sebastian. Mm -hmm. She would just love it. And she's such a down-to-earth person. She's obviously walked her way in life. I'm sure she had some rough times in her life. But when I met her, she was just such a lovely person, you know, and we hung her in a harness and she had a jean on and she whispered in my ear to please just pull down her jean pants a bit because she forgot to shave in a few days, Mm -hmm. like her legs. You know, so she's one of us, like normal, you know, no pretentiousness and stuff. And um, yeah, Charlize Tron is obviously a special one because, you know, she's South African, you know, so it, it was a privilege to have doubled her. And when she could hear that you could speak the South African language, Afrikaans, she would speak it, you know, and we would be like talking about the other people yeah. and it was lovely, yeah. And then Alicia Vikander, I mean, she's such a confident actress, like very confident and willing and she did training about six months before we even met her mm-hmm. and we were already training for two months 
so she did two months with us. So she was six months before that. So she actually trained for eight months to build up for Timurid and look the way she did. So she's a very dedicated actress and she puts a lot of hard work in it. So I've got utmost respect for her to have pulled something like that off. And if you do see her other movies, she's quite a lady, you know, like a girl, like a real little girl, you know, and to have been the person that she was on Tomb Raider, thumbs up to that, like really hard dedication, hard work. I mean, every movie is special. Like, it's very difficult when somebody asks me, so what was your favorite movie? But one that stands out for me is one of my first big movies, and that was Doomsday. I doubled Rona Mitra in there. She's also a hardcore actress. Like, she's physically so good, you know. So I was so nervous, you know, to be good enough to almost double her, you know, because a lot of the actresses are, hey, they're very good. But it's just insurance ways that they need to get a stunt double because, I mean, if they just hurt a pinky, they can't the production money you know to not shoot or have to wait and stuff like that so that was a lovely movie to work on it was filmed in South Africa but we had to finish it in Scotland mm-hmm. and being like what 22 years old and saying oh you're going to Scotland I mean I couldn't believe it you know like here I am going for my work seeing the most beautiful places we were there for a month in a beautiful castle shooting so that will always stand out for me Tomb Raider obviously people are going to talk about you know because people know what Tomb Raider is and watch the other Tomb Raiders and that so that's a big one for me just to have on this CV but it was a very fun it was a fun show like all the stunts was really fun and it was every day was just massive stunts and that was lovely and then Mad Max was special too because it was in Namibia which is our bordering country like just off South Africa they were shooting there for a year so I was on and off going there back and forth coming back to Cape Town doing other stuff and just um, working with Tom Hardy lovely lovely guy that was lovely and just being in the desert you know totally different and it looks lovely but it's super cold in the morning so it's a lot of mental stuff you know mental work and there's many I mean I can talk about Homeland also which Homeland was a lovely series I watched it myself as a normal watcher and I always said oh man I would love to work on the show so when they gave me the call I mean you just can't believe it and same as Tomb Raider I mean if you had to tell me when I was 18 years old that I can double freaking Lara Croft you know I would never believe it so it was a big upper in my life you know so every movie has its things you know like the first big movie was The Flood with that lovely actress that I kind of helped overcome a fear you know that you're going to carry with you I did my first big body burn on my 23rd birthday seriously like on my 23rd birthday so every movie has its things, you know. Some of it is maybe a, a scary experience. Some of it is a good experience, you know. So, yeah. Beautiful. That's the voice of Fleur van Eden, my cousin. We're sitting here on the nature reserve at the most southern point of Africa. Fleur, you spend a lot of time also in schools trying to inspire. Some of the work you, you do is to help people dream big and to go for it. So can you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, I think if anybody has to ask me what is a very big passion side of doing what I do is teaching the young kids to never give up on your dreams. And yeah, I obviously go and talk about my stunts, but it's not just about stunts. It's about anything that they possibly want to do. You know, you can do it because I was one of those. I grew up in a very small town that had normal schools earlier on didn't have the sport that would possibly push you into a a physical career direction and I love to go speak to kids you know and to make them aware that it's never not able 
to go do. Mm-hmm. And I've got a very, very, very good friend of mine that is in the stunt industry. We kind of like start at the same time. He probably maybe a year ahead of me. And his name is Grant Powell. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he grew up in Mitchell's Plain area in Cape Town, which is like the hardest place to grow up. I mean, he didn't have an easy upbringing as a child and to be in or actually to survive, he had to be a gang member and he was even shot in the car, like through a car, in, through his elbow. And I mean, I wish he was here today to tell you his story because um, he is such an inspiration. You know, he's got the most beautiful wife and beautiful little boy today. Mm-hmm. He did stunts, but he's now like probably world-class fight choreographer. Mm-hmm. Like, look at him, you know, look at him. I had it a lot easier than him, you know, and he never gave up on his dream. He was always open and and things that come your way, grab them, you know, even if it's not necessarily the direction that you planned or mm-hmm. why is it there? Why is it in front of you? I didn't even know stunts existed. And the same with Grant Powell, you know, like he's such a role model to so many people. And I would want that seen by any youngster. And even if it's to become a writer even if it's to become i don't know the best chef in the world you know like doesn't matter you know but it's not not unachievable Mm -hmm. and it's lovely to see their faces you know and tell your story and maybe show the show reel because when you go chat to the kids they're like oh they don't quite know what you're talking about they Mm -hmm. know about movies and that when you show them this real person training or whatever and then what the real movie it's lovely it's lovely for them to see what you can do yeah yeah beautiful okay Fleur let's talk a little bit more about what you specialize in so you do a little bit of everything some people specialize say in cable work but you do cable work as well as high falling fighting burns on horses let's start with burns because you're part of this so the South African Stunt Performer Association what's it called holds now the Guinness Book of World Records for the most amount of people on fire for the longest period of time can you tell us about that yeah, so it was actually Grant Val's concept and he came up with this idea because on Game of Thrones, they apparently had the most stunt performers on fire at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we can beat this, you know, but let's do it as a show. Let's make it open to the public, yeah. not on a movie, not on a thing like let's put it out there. And I mean, how they did this, I don't know. They got permission to do it in the middle of Cape Town, Table Mountain at the background. And they obviously, I mean, there's a lot of people in South Africa now that have done burns, but they held quite a few courses before, you know, to get the people up to scratch, you know, and just to know that because if one guy falls down and wants to be put out, it kind of defeat. you know what I yeah. mean? You have to cross that line, everybody together, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that was beautiful. So we did. We broke the record. How but many it, people? It was 34 people. And you walked. And we walked. Um, I think it was 100 meters. But it's it's the amount of people with the amount of time. So I think we had to finish. We had to go over the line 53 seconds. And we went up to 60. You know, and it was beautiful. Like I'll never, never experience something like that in my life. And we were all there for the same reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, so a lot of prep obviously went behind that. We had all the coordinators in the country, everybody backing us because it was a stunt performers thing, eh? Mm-hmm. Like the coordinators was it's always very difficult to go to a coordinator because then the others think, "Oh, but you're using that coordinator." So it was the stunt performers because mm-hmm. we freelance yeah. and then we got all the coordinators to come help us. So it was beautiful. It was almost like bringing all the companies together too. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Fleur, can you tell us about being set on fire? 
How do you protect your skin? How do you protect your lungs? What's the process of getting set on fire? I'm going to base this around my first body burn. My first burn was a full body burn. Like, usually you start off with an arm or a leg, you know, just to get the concept of it. So they gave me a ring and they said, look, there's a series called The Devil's Whore. It was based very, like, old days and stuff like that. And this woman gets burnt at the stake, you know, like they used to do in those days. So I was like, wow, like, wow, it's quite a story, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went there two days before the actual stunt and we did a test. And like I said earlier, it was on my 23rd birthday and I rocked up there not knowing that anybody knows my birthday. So I got there, we were, we were indoors in a, like a big, big barn, like a, but a cement barn. And they spoke me through the procedure. But we have a full medical team standing by because this is going to sound very odd. But the worst of it all is that you are wearing long johns, cotton long johns that is soaked in a gel, water gel, but that they keep in a freezer for like overnight. So you have as little on as possible, like a sports bra and underwear. Then these long johns go over your body, but it's freezing cold. So that's actually the worst. So the medic is with you the whole time because you've got this, it's not frozen, it's not hard because it it doesn't freeze, but it is like having ice on you. Mm -hmm. So you have like two, three, you can choose two, three layers. It depends on what the burn is and what you're having over. But that day I had two wet um, layers and then one dry layer over or cotton. And then the actual wardrobe goes over. But with the thing is like your hands are exposed Mm -hmm. and your face is exposed. So sometimes, well, mostly with the girls because we've got long hair, they put the gel on their hair and they put like a hoodie over. But your face is exposed, your hands is exposed. And then they put the gel over that. But at this point, you are so gelled up. It's actually a bit claustrophobic, you know, and you have to stand still and, and you are shaking. It's freezing. And then the normal clothes go over. And a lot of times they put a wig on your head that they actually want to have burnt off, you know. Yeah. So it's scary to think about it, you know. So they lit me. And, um, yeah, like everything just goes slow motion and everything goes quiet. And, you know, if you've scuba dived before, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you've put your kit on, it's so uncomfortable and it's so heavy and it's so, ah, you just can't wait, you know, to get out of it. And once you're in the water, it's so comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the same as a burn. It is so uncomfortable. Once they light you, you're like in your own little world. And you constantly always move away from a flame. So if there's a breeze, but we did it in the inside, so there was no problem with a breeze. So whenever you walk away, the flame will always be behind you. Mm-hmm. But flames are also always going up. So it will lick you where there's something sticking out, like your nose and your ears. So whenever you keep on moving, it will keep the flame away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what you must be aware of. And yeah, a burn is never really longer than 30 seconds, you know, and then when you fall down, they know to put you out and they put you out with wet towels and if needed, a fire extinguisher, but the wet towels does the job mm-hmm. and you don't feel anything. It's just a sudden heat, like a, like a heat. And if you feel like a little bee sting, then you know that you've been like a little blister, yeah. you know. So that's the procedure, yeah. But I, I always experience it being like scuba diving. Like it's so uncomfortable. You can't wait to take your wetsuit off. You can't wait to take the tanks off your back. Once you're in water, it just fits. Mm. Yeah, And you're in your own mind. Can you breathe when you're on fire? You can, but you have to breathe when you are away from the flame. You know, so mm. a lot of people actually just keep their air up. That is the voice of Fleur van Eden. We're speaking to her about her work as a stunt performer. She's worked on the set of Mad Max, Tomb Raider, Dread, Black Sails, and Homeland, where she actually won a stunt Grammy Award for her work. 
Fleur is from Swellendam, South Africa, and we're recording the trail less traveled today at San Sebastian, which is a private nature reserve at the most southern point of Africa. Fleur, now it's time for another song. So can you share a song with us that reminds you of your stunt work? Every stunt performer that will be listening to this, we always have a show reel. Like it's our CV, you know, it shows everything on it. And I created my own one. And obviously most of it was like paddling, like mm-hmm. going down rapids and stuff like that, because I hardly had anything. And my first song was from Prime Circle, Live This Life. Mm-hmm. Until today, I think it's my best show real song. And everybody always looks at my new ones. And that's like, no, 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 but they really like that first one, you know. Yeah. So it must be Prime Circle, Live This Life. And Prime Circle is South African, which is nice. My name is Yuvia Storm. I live in Bend, Oregon. I have always sought to live a life of adventure and freedom. As a result, I worked a lot of hospitality jobs, flexible schedules, fun, active environments. And then suddenly I was 38, exhausted, two kids, done with the industry and nowhere to turn. I was tired. My hormones were all over the place. I was having perimenopausal symptoms, extreme brain fog, anxiety, jaw acne, and night sweats. I ate minimal processed foods, tons of fresh fruits and veggies, ferments, gardening, yoga. Why was this happening? I ordered a Perium Lifestyle Transformation and five days into it, my brain fog cleared. My skin cleared and I had energy. I could feel my hormones balancing. Perium Superfoods are 100% organic superfoods and herbs grown and dehydrated sustainably in the USA and then delivered to your door. Transform your life through daily cellular nutrition. It's worked for both Yuvia and myself. Visit ishoppurium.com and check out the Purium Ultimate Lifestyle Transformation. Remember to use referral code MANDELA for 25% off your order. That referral code, M-A-N-D-E-L-A, will not only help you, it will also help the future of Adventure Radio. Fleur, we were talking about how you're a jack-of-all-traits in the stunt performer world. So we talked about going to Thailand to study martial arts, and then uh, recently you spoke about getting set on fire and what that's like. One stunt that you are often doing is cable work. So can you tell us about cable work and why it's so important in the movie industry? Cable work actually started with being on set, and you're never going to do a stunt once. It's always a few times, many times. So it was actually quite good because the people started creating cable work, like cable stunts, to try save the stunt performer to do stuff over and over and over and over and over again. But then they advanced it so much. Now we can do crazy moves on cables. Like this company that I actually started with, I'm actually so proud of them because they really started off scratch, you know, and I'm seeing how the rest of the world does stuff and they tested things. And I was lucky, very lucky when I started because I was with them so they were new they were testing things and I was new and willing to do stuff for free and they phoned me and they said look they're pitching for a job a Bollywood movie which is so much cable work and will I be willing to actually come in for like a week but not being paid you know but they're going to push for me to get the doubling job Mm -hmm. so I went there also right in the beginning like 22 years old 
and we started doing cable work, like wraps around your body and seeing what your body can do with a little bit of an assist, you know. Mm-hmm. So I actually became quite good, you know, because I was lucky. I was at the right place. It was the new in thing. And I was like the only girl that's good at cable work in South Africa, yeah. but only because I was there, yeah. you know. I was like the guinea pig. So cable work, I would say if anybody asks me what is my forte or in South Africa, what is my forte, I would say cable work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cable work is anything, eh? Like, I mean, especially Bollywood. They always want something bigger and over the top. So it's jumping up a wall, doing a somersault, being like a spider, you know, and um, I really enjoy it. But it looks all fun and games, but it's a lot of bruising because you do wraps around your body and you get unraveled and that. But uh, it's lovely. Fleur, you were just talking the other day about your most recent work on the set of Tomb Raider. And the funny thing is, I know that you are one of the best stunt performers in the world. And yes, I'm a little biased because you're my cousin, but you have won awards for your work and you've done stunts for some of the most amazing films and actresses. So let's talk about the makeup and to change your whole look. You talk about like having to lose weight or lose muscle tone to look like the actress. But, you know, for Tomb Raider, you had this nice long brown hair. And then for Dread, you were doing stunts for two different women. One of the women you were doubling for was covered in tattoos with a scar down her face and this gnarly black hair. And the other one had like a cute blonde bob. And I remember that movie ends actually with you walking into the distance. And I knew it was you because of your walk. Let's just talk about the transformation to look like the actress that you're doubling for. So that's also another thing that I think I'm quite lucky because I'm not very tall. I'm not very short. I'm like in between and I get away with doubling a lot of people, you know, Mm -hmm. because if you're too tall, then you're only going to be able to double the actresses or they're like too short. So I think I'm like in the middle. And with doubling, you must be like a chameleon, you know, you must be able to change, change things. And a lot of times people go, oh, but she can't double her because she's blonde or, but then you, you make my hair black and I'm perfect. You know, mm-hmm. it's really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, in my entire career, like I've been dark hair, I have long blonde hair. So they cut my hair quite short on doomsday, actually, with these long front tassels or, mm-hmm. and short at the back. And Swellendam is a very, like, naive type of place. And then I would come visit my mom and everybody would go, oh, look, Fleur's um, in the city. You know, she's become quite dark and a goth. And I'm not understanding, you know, the whole behind it, you know. So, yeah, we, they change us up a lot. And this actual movie, Dread, I was only supposed to double the lead actress and she had short blonde hair but super yellow because it was a 3D movie you know so everything has to be like very very white and then they realized that I can actually be doubling the lead bad lady which is Lena Headey I mean she's amazing she's mm-hmm. such a nice lady she's the game of thrones queen yeah she is a yeah and she is brilliant and she has these beautiful tattoos in real life like on her yeah so they put tattoos all over me and there I actually had a black wig on because I was actually dubbing the the lead other girl you know so they can't like dye your hair one day to another but that was brilliant so yeah it's so lovely to actually put the photos out in front of yourself even and just see all the different looks I mean I doubled the granny um, she was like 90, 92 years old I had to drive a quad bike and crash a quad bike in a tree and I looked just like her you know and we were laughing and this lady couldn't stop taking photos of the two of us together the chameleonness of the industry is beautiful Fleur, talking about Tomb Raider again and the work you did you mentioned just the other day that one of the scenes on the airplane it looks so realistic, but a lot of that was done in a studio. It was like a gimbal was involved. So can, can you just tell us about some of the beauty of film 
and how amazed you are too when you watch a movie and you're like, yo, I can't even believe that, you know, we were actually in the studio, but now it looks like it's here. So even us being on set, you know, like if you permanent on a movie or you doubling, they give you the script to read. You know, at least you've got some background. You know, because otherwise you do your scene, but you have no idea, like, well, what, why are you doing it? Obviously, when we start, we do prep. They give you the script, and you can go read it and stuff like that. And so you read the story, you 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 see the story in your mind, and then when you start filming it, and you do these pieces, you think like, how are they going to put this together? Like. Where? When are we going to this waterfall, you know? And um, especially on Tomb Raider, there was this one scene where I had to run on a log. And then she trips and falls on this log and she falls like high, like six meters, eight meters maybe into the water. And then she goes down this river and almost washes down this waterfall and she grabs on the fuselage. And I mean, I did that, <laughs> but... I didn't do that in the you know what I mean it's yeah. like you do the fall you do the dropping in the water you do a little bit in the water and then you're in the fuselage and then watching it on movie it is unbelievable what they do what they edit and the CG behind it and it looks unbelievable mm-hmm. and there's this big scene with a boat on a gimbal and the storm comes and then she jumps off the boat or the boat actually breaks and crashes on the rocks that was all studio work everything was studio work wow yeah. Fleur, let's talk a little bit about weaponry and fighting. You know, you don't have a background in weaponry, but then you have done multiple courses for how to properly hold a gun, how to properly look like you're clearing a building. I think that's just absolutely fascinating, you know, learning how to work with different weapons and how to make it look like you did hit someone, that you did stab someone in the neck, that kind of stuff. So obviously starting in the industry, I was so shy, you know, like, and, and then they say like, no, but you must perform, you know, and really act as if you're hitting him. And, and then they teach you how to hit, you know, it's not obviously hitting the person in the face, but it has to look so realistic. But at the end of the day, you can look really good. But if the person that you are going against is not playing with and doesn't perform right, then that makes you look bad. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's so beautiful to see two people having a fight, but it's like a dance, you know, the one guy can be great, and but the other side is not good, you know. So if you watch my showreel or you watch anything, a movie out there, it's both parties, you know. It's the reaction and the doing, you know. And, um, yeah, like the weaponry. I mean, I'm not, like I said, a weapon person. And they teach you so well, you know. And it's hard. It's hard graft. You, you, you're rehearsing 12 hours a day, you know. And, and it sounds silly, but it's like how to walk, holding a gun, you know, to not make it look fake and mm. clearing a room, you know, coming around a doorway or going into a room. So everything is done properly that the guy out there that does know his weapon or does know his martial arts doesn't go, oh, that's so fake. That's not right. That's yeah. not real. You know, we always laugh when we see things like uh, martial art. There's a, a lot of grappling in movies now, you know, so it's like martial art. But when you have them on the ground, the locks and the hooks and everything, and you can so see when it's fake, you know. So we really try hard to make it look good. Mm-hmm. And you always have professionals in helping you do that. That's the voice of Fleur van Eden, my cousin. We're sitting here in the Aftak at the most southern point of Africa at San Sebastian. It's a nature reserve that we've both been coming to since we were kids. And Fleur and I both love horses. And that's how we bonded early on is riding horses together in Swellendam. So Fleur, I'd like to now talk to you about your love for horses to this day and also working with horses on movie sets and some of the stunts that you might have done with those horses. And then those horses in particular, the ones on the film sets, they must be phenomenally trained animals. Growing up as a kid, I started horse riding at a young age, like seven, like normal horse riding classes. Mm. And I loved, I loved horses. I really did. And then when I was in standard 
two, the horse that I was having riding lessons on, the lady moved to Cape Town and she was selling her horse, the one that I had horse riding lessons on. And uh, my mom knew that I was actually too young to have a horse, you know, or maybe it's not the right time. And then everybody kind of said to her, listen, Kathy, you're going to lose this amazing horse for this child. You know, just, just, just do it, you know. And till today, I think it's the biggest and the best gift I've ever had. And she was like my best friend for like many years. I just loved her to bits. And her name was Stella. I remember coming back from school every afternoon and just lying on her back, like turn around, lie on her back. So Stella made me brave. You know, Stella showed me horses. You know, I rode bareback and I had a coach athletics coach just down the road from us for like two kilometers my mom was working very hard so she couldn't take me to him she was my transport Mm -hmm. and my coach even had a little camp and I would ride to him to go train and come back home so she was my life and so I've always had a love for horses and then I did competing a little bit through my school career whatever you want to say that Mm -hmm. and then obviously when you go study in that you're going to lose it like when are you going to go ride again so when I heard about stunts I thought oh I can do horse stunts you know that was the fantasy Mm -hmm. so I went into the stunts I never even touched the horse like nowhere ever after like three four years only then suddenly the the horse stunts became big and then the guy said like oh do you ride I'm like yeah I used to ride at school you know but I'm willing to try you know it's like a horse section of the stunts so the coordinator has the job but you still have the horse sections so the horse people of the industry they're very picky you know they want to use their people which is understandable so I had to prove myself to this lady like listen please you know like I can I can do this you know so it was so lovely so I did horse falls I did a horse drag also just teaching along the way you know and then oh I feel so amazing with this but we did black sails I was doubling Bonnie, the redhead, on Black Sails. And one of the, what, the second last season, we did this whole horse chase behind a carriage. And I was riding my horse as the cast, you know. And she didn't ride, so I rode. And then suddenly there was a scene where they wanted a stunt double to ride next to this cart and jump from the horse onto the cart. Mm-hmm. And then once he jumps onto the cart, he has this fight with an actor, and the actor kicks him off so this guy got the the job but he hurt himself falling off and he was battling to get the horse close enough to the car to jump off and I kept on thinking I can do this but Mm -hmm. now I have to ride my character's horse so the guy got hurt you must never ever like put up your hand and say oh I can do this or I can do it better because you never know you know you Mm -hmm. never know like can you you know so my coordinator actually came to me and said listen Flo could you do this could you do this stunt so I'm like I can do it Mm-hmm. So I couldn't sleep the night because here I am saying to my coordinator, I can do this gag. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do this stunt. So the next morning I rock up, they show me the stirrups. They make the stirrups really short and not stirrups that you put your feet in, but they're like pl- flat, you know, that mm-hmm. you can just lean off and yeah. like launch yourself off, yeah, that you don't get stuck. So then I started stressing, you know. So, yeah, I'm more like almost arrogant to say I can do this. So anyway, I did it. I galloped up against the cart and I jumped off onto the cart, did the fight scene. Actor kicked me off. It looked amazing. And we did it like three times. I was bruised so badly because obviously jumping, like they closed the wheel up that my feet couldn't go in, but you're still banging up against the wheel. But it was probably the, one of the best stunts I've ever done because it was horse you timing off camera there was a big 360 camera on fight scene be prepared for the actor to kick you off horses coming from behind they mustn't go over you 
So that was my biggest horse scene. You actually are getting bruised up and hurt, and you sometimes end up in the hospital. So just want to have like a little bit reality of this life. When you talk about stunts or if you show a show reel or whatever, everybody goes, oh, that's so cool. I also want to do that. But it's not a joke. You know, it, it is sore. Your body does hurt. You get tired. You know, if you're on a six-month movie, you don't just go fall on your back once. It is over and over and over because it's all about camera. It's all about getting the, the shot, you know. So you do get hurt. You know, there's many times that I go, I don't actually know if I can do this again, you know, and you get bruised. I have ended up in hospital. The first time I was in Namibia, we were doing a series called The Prisoner. And it was a cafe, like on a beach. And I was a waitress inside. And somebody planted a bomb in the cafe. And this cafe blows up. And myself and Grand Paul, yeah. the guy that I was talking about earlier on, we were the only people inside the cafe. The others were on the like the veranda. Mm-hmm. So this explosion goes. And I was tied to a cable, which is called a ratchet. And it goes off at the same time as the explosion. And then you get yanked out of the restaurant and I had to go through these swing doors and at that time Grant dives through this glass of the cafe so everything went well very well you know but the swing doors the one door didn't go so the one door got stuck so I physically actually pulled the door off its hinges and I didn't remember anything of the stunt I just remember when they were counting it down, three, two, one, and I actually thought, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm standing in front of these bomb pots being blown out of a restaurant. And then when they got to me, I had concussion and stuff, so I came by and I hurt my patella, my knee, and I had very bad concussion. So that's the name of the game, you know? So it's not all hunky-dory. It's not all flying through the air and having fun, you know? It's hard graft, but... When people do say, oh, but how do you do it? Like what? And I'm like, everything in life has danger. You know, like driving to Cape Town is dangerous too. You must just be aware and knowing when is enough, you know. And it's like being a very good rugby player. You know, you can't play rugby for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with the stunts. A lot of people go into fight choreography. A lot of people, they want to become assistant stunt coordinator. And I did assistant stunt coordinator for four years. And I love it. Or do you want to become a coordinator? But I'm going to be honest, like, I don't know if I have the heart to become a coordinator because a lot of people are good teachers and a lot of people are good at doing it themselves. And I think I'm the better one to do it myself because if I have to tell somebody to jump through a building window doing a six-story fall, I don't know. I don't know if I have the heart for it. Like, or what if something does go wrong? You know, then it's it's on me, you know. So I always knew that I don't know if I would be able to be in a good position like that. And I loved the assistant stunt coordinating of the job. I really loved it. I loved it, the whole admin side of things. And people always thought, oh, but Flo would never be able to do that because she wants to be the one on the on the set. And I, it's not. I really enjoyed it. But for as long as I'm capable of doing stunts, they are not going to put me on an assistant stunt coordinating job. I'm always going to be the the one that they're going to give a call to. So Mm -hmm. I understand that. But you need to know when it's your time, you know, your time to go do something else. Or that's how I got into the industry. A very, very amazing lady that I still look up to today. She was where I am now today, in a way, saying like, hey, I've done this, you know, 15, 16 years of my life brilliant time but now is chill time you know Fleur one of my last questions I remember asking you when you're just getting into it what was one of the most frightening 
stunts for you. And at the time, you said jumping off of a train in Namibia. Can you tell us about that and how you jump off a train? It's so funny because you did ask me that question a few years ago, and it is still the same stunt. And a lot of people will say, oh, but you've done so many more crazy stuff than jumping off the train. But that was for me personally a crazy thing because it was a Bollywood movie in Namibia, and the stunt side of it was based on this moving train. And a moving train is such a big, solid thing. It's not a car that you can quickly stop or quickly go faster. It's solid. And you have a certain amount of time to do your stunt. And past that point, it's gone. And the most stunts that happened on that movie was people being thrown off a train, yanked off a train, falling off a train. And my thing was I was doubling the actress. So all I had to do is a lot of cable work, you know. So I never really had to fall off the train. And the last day, I was finished with doubling. And the one stunt guy, or many of them, actually got hurt just because of doing it over and over, falling off the train, falling into the sand, collarbones and all that. So the last day, they needed another ninja, it was ninjas, to be thrown off the train. And my coordinator said, look, Fleur, you're done doubling, you know, so the risk is gone. But are you willing to do this, you know? So I said, yeah, I'm, I'm willing, you know, I can. I think I can do this. Because of seeing the people getting injured and when the train started moving I realized like you have a very limited time where you have to jump off what if you hesitate you know then it's going to be serious because we cleared a certain amount of ground that is safe you know and it was a sanded embankment as well so the carriage itself is quite high it's about three meters and then the embankment is another three meters at a slant and I remember working it out in my head because if you throw a tennis ball, but you make it in reverse, you know, when you like flick a tennis ball, mm-hmm. so it almost going towards that side, but it's coming back to your side, you know, it's like a reverse thing. And it's the same as falling off a train or a bucky because the movement is going forward, but the ground is coming backwards. You must be falling the way the ground is going, not where the vehicle is going. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going into a dead stop. So I worked it out in my head. I knew exactly how I had to fall. I knew exactly what I had to do. And when they called three, two, one, everything was just slow motion. Everything was like, oh my word, I'm doing this. There we go. I'm doing it exactly like I said it. So it was my scariest time, but it was a beautiful time because I knew then if you put your mind to something and you tell your mind exactly what you're going to do, your body follows. But that you need to commit. You need to know this is what you're going to do. There's no backing out. This is what you said that you were going to do. And just do it. And your body follows bit by bit. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much, Fleur, for joining me here today on The Trail Less Traveled. Thank you so much. And it's so lovely to finally have an interview by my cousin. I always watch all your stuff and I'm super happy. Fleur, can you please share three bits of advice with the listener? So, obviously, we've been talking about stunts, but this is for anything, anything in life. And it's also a little bit what I just said now. Whatever you put your mind to in life, but you need to believe in that, you can do it. There is no ways that you cannot do it, but you need to fully commit. Like a lot of people say, oh, but I thought I can do it, but I can't do it. You need to commit. I mean, standing on a six-story building about to fall into an airbag and you already told your mind this is how I'm going to go this is what I'm going to fall and just before this I'm going to turn to the right and I'm going to fall on my back and I promise you that your body will follow and 
I feel that you need to take risks in life, you know, and you need to go for things that you really want to do. And I'm not talking about daredevil stuff, you know, I'm talking about life stuff. You know, even if your parents have pushed you into being an accountant, but your heart is something else, your heart is being a director or a writer or whatever, go do it. Seriously, go out there and do it. Flurf, what song would you like to end your show with? I love so many songs, but this one sits in me and it's Rihanna. S&M. Yeah, the song is like sticks and stones. They break, but you won't get me down. Something like that. That's my showreel song now. And it's so true. You know, like so many things try to get you down in life. You know, so that sits with me. Namaste world. Mandela here, your host of The Trail Less Traveled. Before I do my traditional sign off, I wanted to answer a question that's been popping up a lot. A lot of people have been wondering why my guests choose a song, but then that song doesn't actually play in the podcast. Well, as some of you know, The Trail Us Traveled has been on FM radio in Missoula, Montana for over 15 years. And when the show airs, the original broadcast on the radio does include that music. But unfortunately, we face a lot of copyright barriers when it comes to putting music in podcasts. So I hope that that clears that up for those who have been wondering. But if you are interested in listening to the show when it airs live with the original music, you can stream the show at www.trail1033.com. The show premieres every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Tonight's episode was recorded on a nature reserve at the most southern point of South Africa, where I grew up. I'd like to thank my guest for this evening, my cousin, Fleur van Eden. Fleur van Eden is a world-renowned stuntwoman who has worked on films such as Mad Max, Tomb Raider, Doomsday, Dread, Black Sails, and Homeland, among many others. Fleur specializes in full-body burns, cable work, martial arts, weaponry, horse stunts, high falls, and so much more. Fleur has doubled for Charlize Theron, Meryl Streep, Drew Barrymore, and Helen Murren, among many other Hollywood stars. Fleur also helped the South African Stunt Performers Association with winning the Guinness World Record for most amount of people on fire for the longest period of time. Although Fleur often travels to double A-list stars on movie sets around the world, she returns home to Swellendam, South Africa, as much as possible in order to stay grounded by riding her horses and mountain biking in the wine country. The Trail Less Traveled is the Trail 1033's locally harvested adventure radio series that airs every Sunday night at 6. You can stream the show live online at trail1033.com. The show is also a podcast that's available on all platforms, including Spotify and now Pandora. To see pictures and view the full show archive of over 390 episodes, visit the official website, traillesstraveled.net. My adventure tip this week regards how to properly fall. Try not to have impact with lock joints, so try to bend your elbows or knees. Protect your head and try to fall on the meaty parts of your body, like your butt. That's all for this week's adventure, my friends around the world. But until next week, do something for Mother Earth and get outside. Shred the gnar. As you know, the gnar does not shred itself. Hey everybody, Mandela here. About six months ago, I did my first truly transformative 30-day cleanse. I walked away with habits that continue today. 
The transformation used specific superfoods at different stages throughout to help remove toxins, repair my gut biome, and flood my body with nutrients. Within a week, I noticed elevated energy levels, incredible sleep, decreased inflammation, lack of knee pain, and zero mind fog. I still use these superfoods to supplement my vegan diet, as it's not easy to constantly stop and make huge salads while traveling and guiding expeditions. This is a great addition to my lifestyle as a vegan, yogi, workout, podcasting nerd. So I was thinking, since we suddenly have this time at home, why not do a transformation and boost our immune systems? Vegan or not, you choose a program that works for you, be it weight loss, cleansing, or enhanced athletic performance. They avoid plastic and have done research around the world making it easy to use organic, sustainably sourced superfoods. I truly believe in these products and I would like to help everyone reach their full potential. I encourage you to research Purium Ultimate Lifestyle Transformation. To be honest, all of their superfood products are beautiful and delicious. Whenever you're ready, just use me as a referral for a big discount. And yes, this can also support Adventure Radio. That referral code is Mandela, M-A-N-D-E-L-A. In closing, if you're keen, I would be delighted to help you one-on-one during your superfood journey. You can invest in your health while being mindful of consumerism. This transformation totally changed my life. So check it out today, ishoppurium.com.